Presented by Kamiuk Ukulele Magazine, this is Ukulele Stories. Hello, my name's Cameron Murray, and welcome to Episode 3. This time, I'm chatting with the amazing Charles Altman. While he's not an international star, Charles is an integral part of the ukulele scene here in Sydney, Australia. At the age of 91, he's still extremely active and an inspiration to many. I first met Charles in 2004, when we were both on the bill at an event called Ukulele Land, and we connected instantly over our love of classic uke tunes. Since then, I've got to know Charles and his daughter Yolanda a little bit, but I find I'm constantly surprised by the depth of his talent. Not only is he a brilliant musician, he's also a truly world-class artist. In fact, over the years, he's won multiple national awards for his newspaper illustration work. And, on top of all that, he's just a really nice guy. This episode is brought to you by Carla Ukulele. Founded in 2005, Carla is the best-known ukulele in the world, and easily the most diverse. You can choose a Carla ukulele made from mahogany, maple, acacia, cedar, ebony, and the exotic African timber, Ziracote. Carla ukuleles come in all sizes, soprano, concert, tenor, and the now very popular baritone. There's a Carla to suit players of all ages and abilities. Plug in, play an electric Carla through an amp, and you'll really stand out. And don't forget the legendary Carla U-Bass, a four-string bass ukulele that adds the perfect bottom end to any ukulele group. Carla ukuleles can be seen and played at most music stores around Australia and the USA. Head to your local store and try one today. Now, without further ado, here's Charles. Okay, well thank you very much for joining me, Charles. Oh, that's an honour to be here, I mean, to, to, to say a few words. Yeah. No, it's terrific to have you here. My first question is, where did you actually grow up? Oh, all over the place, actually. I, I grew up in a place called Sukabumi, which is a part of Java in Indonesia. But my father was a teacher, and every three years he had to move. Mm-hmm. And we finished up uh, in a place called Sibolga. It's absolute beautiful, beautiful uh, holiday resort, and everyone that's going to go out there is, should be really surprised. This, you know, a little place not even known to anyone, how mm. beautiful it is. So that's where, where my brother bought me a uke for my birthday. How old were you? And I was... Uh, I can't remember, 11, I think, 11 years old. But uh, I've never seen a U-class up. I've seen them hanging on walls and all that. See, every house in Indonesia would either have a guitar or violin or a uke. Everyone, even if they don't play, have something hanging on their wall just mm-hmm. in case people come and visit them and they pick up the uke and guitar have a jam. and start having a jam. That's the some sort of routine over there. But, uh, yeah, I, I really didn't know what to do with this uke, and I started plucking the strings and all that. And it sounded all very nice and well, and sooner or later I got the uh, be able to play a tune. But at the same token, the, the kids I was with, I say, that uke sounds terrible. And I said, what's the matter with it? And they said, it's out of tune. I said, I didn't even know you had to tune the uke. <laughs> and uh, 
You say, you say you learned a tune, though. How did you do that? Just by yeah, ear? Yeah, just, or? just pl- plucking the things. I couldn't strum them. So you just made up a tune? Yeah, I just made up a tune. But it sounded so bad. Anyway, uh, I went to uh, to high school in Madan, which is on the opposite of uh, of where we where we lived in Suborga, a place called Medan. And uh, oh, the school was all right. I wasn't happy with the... With the surroundings, until uh, a girl arrived at the scene next door, an absolute beautiful girl, and I was straight away in love with. And how that, old are you? And I'm still about eleven or twelve. <laughs> started my uh, high school. Anyway, I learned uh, the tunes from from the radio or gramophone. I can't remember. But uh, sort of listened to it and sort of copying it on the uke. And uh, one day I heard this tune, uh, which really fascinated me. And I thought I can sing this to the girl next door, which haven't approached yet. And uh, what was it called? Sweet Sue was the was the number. And I managed to to play the tune, but I couldn't. I didn't understand the the lyrics, but each time, see, I could more or less look into the, their backyard, my neighbor's back, backyard, and each time when I saw it, I used to play this <laughs> this tune, and uh, sort of went like da 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 di da 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 da, sweet Sue, just you, and da 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 da, and so on and so on. And then all oh, about a few weeks later, actually met her, so to speak, in, in, in love, mm. went to a dance, and she kept asking me, what's that stupid song <laughs> you see? I said, oh, I just, I just learned it, yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's the story of uh, being in, in, uh, in, in Medan. Mm. See, shortly after the war broke up, <clears throat> broke out, during the December, war. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the war with the Japanese, but which is on December the the sixth or the fifth or the sixth. So, I, so mm-hmm. my father said, oh, "Look, we come back to Sibolga again." So, so I quit school. It's not, well, it's not my school anyway. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in uh, in back in Sibolga. And y- your family stay there during the war? No, no, actually, in. Uh, I think it was on my 12th birthday they decided I'd go back to the main main islands, Java. Java was the, the center of mm. Indonesia. And apparently the uh, the high school still still going and all that. So they they, they asked the, uh, the a family that had the same idea of sending their kids to, to Java uh, if if I could join up with them, and they're quite happy to do so, so uh, there was a fantastic uh, trip all the way down uh, Sumatra, all the way down to the uh, the bottom end, and we managed to get the last ferry from uh, from Sumatra to to Java, mm. and then I joined up with my brother. Nice. My brother had a lovely guitar. And he played like Eddie Lang. Eddie Lang was one of the first jazz guitarists in, in America. And he could play the tune so well. And 
gone is the uke. I've got more interest in the, in the guitar then, and I never touched the uke again. <laughs> so I played guitar oh, for many, many years. And even here in Australia, I came here in 1915. There was hardly, hardly anything going. Mm. I remember going to Parlings and looking for a uke, and they didn't have any. I bought mine in Perth, mm. the, 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 the German Brukeis. But anyway, uh, I, I got myself a beautiful guitar, and the uke was just, a, just on, on the heap. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I played guitar, but then the I got arthritis in my uh, left hand, and it sort of stopped me from playing. I couldn't keep the strings down. So mm. I had to go back to the uke again, and that lasted a couple of years or so until I met Arsul Bell. Arsul Bell opened my eyes, and uh, the first time I actually saw him was over the, the Bondi Junction. And since then, he's been my hero. Mm. And I sort of followed him, mm. his style and his playing and so on and so on. And uh, yeah, I, I like Arsul Bell. So uh, instead of playing five chords, I could play seven and then eight and then nine and so on and so on. You know, without actually, I got more interest in in the music itself, reading, reading up on the different books and so on and so on. So that's basically the story of um, of the year. You say your brother played great guitar. Yeah, no, he yeah, played. Now guitar. was was music just oh, a, a big part of your childhood? Did your parents no, no, play? No, or? not really. My father played the piano a little bit. Uh, Richard. Richard played the guitar and he had a little band, but I didn't see much of Richard. He went to America. Another brother? Yeah, another brother, yeah. Youngest brother, actually. Uh, he went to America uh, during the war and he married a, a Canadian girl and she got killed during the war. But uh, all, all in all, Richard, my youngest brother, maybe all together, I've seen him for about two days in 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 my in my life, because wow. so, he ne never ran, and he was a bodybuilder, and and he loved the guitar too, but he couldn't play as well. He he loved the blues, mm. you know, it's a blues player. But uh, Paul was really good; he could basically play all. And, but you know, I had to read read music, mm. sight mm. reading, and uh, mm. which I I I, I never could understand how someone can read and play at the same time. And uh, my sister liked classical music. And I gave that a miss. And I said to her, look, I don't, I don't go much with this classical stuff. But she said, oh, no, that's good. you got to read this and read that. I said, no, not for me. I want to play by E, which I always done. And, and you know, I'll pick up these things quicker. See, once I started reading, I wouldn't put my glasses on and, and you know you sort of lose touch of what actually you do when you're concentrating more on on the reading than on your playing. Mm -hmm. you know, so. And there, feeling the music. Yeah, feeling the music mm -hmm. basically. You know. Would you say jazz is your favorite style? Yeah, music? yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, because who are your heroes? Yeah, kind of jazz. Uh, yeah, oh, well, there's so many. I, I, you know, for the last ten years, it's been the Django Reinhardt mob. You know, to me, the the ultimate. You know, you couldn't do better. But with jazz, the, the, people say, why don't you play jazz? Because you don't have to stick to the original. 
tune you can go around and go on the bottom and up again and it's not the the same of it's the way you what you can do with a tune and to me that fascinates me because sometimes I play completely different tunes it's got the same sound as a, as another tune but when you sort of jazz it up it sounds totally sounds same as the other yeah. one yeah. The freedom of expression yeah that's right but mm. uh, yeah to me that appeals you know appeals the most so what do you like about the ukulele then what, what fascinated uh, you to begin with well First of all, it's got to be a good sounding uke, you know, because most of them, after the ninth fret, they sound like, like nothing. You, you have to have some sort of ring in it. Now, the the brookers were not bad, but, you know, it's been a long, long time before they started uh, getting the Japanese uh, ukes in, in Australia. Some of them bad. But uh, there's some really, really good ones. And as it is now, they're so good. They ring and they sing. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I can't afford one that's $1,000. <laughs> but uh, the one I have is a, is an American fluke. It's basically all plastic. Mm. You, you could even, because the, the frets are molded, you can actually buy the uh, the fretboard separately, and then when the when the frets are worn out, you you take the whole thing off and glue another one on there. Easy. Yeah, every simple. <laughs> so that so, sounds good. Yeah, Fluke, yeah, the flukes and the flukes. Very are economic good. though. Mm. Well, as you said before, you you love playing with other people. You love jamming. Oh yeah, I like jamming. Playing by ear. You know, what is it about playing with other people? Oh, you, like? you, you get you hear things that. That seem to be sort of different for some reason, and and different it, every time you do. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's not always, but you get sort of spurred on. Just recently, I met this—I don't know what you call him—a a bass player on a on a kazoo. I'm, I'm so impressed with his playing, and that it's so simple on four strings. What he can do is is almost, you know, beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, having the kazoo, I hate the kazoo personally, but played with with him actually playing the 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 bass on the uke, it's it's, it's great. There's no doubt about it. It's intriguing combination. Very, very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about Yolanda? How did she Yolanda, get into playing music? Oh, yeah, did you I, teach her music? Yeah, I, I thought. Well, no, she she already knew read to read music and. She was in a choir, in a town hall choir or something, you know, New South Wales choir, I don't really know, but she was sort of interested in uh, playing the uke, so I taught her a few chords, and then she met a girlfriend that liked the uke, and the two of them actually played really well. But, uh, no, there was a bit of a lull there, you know, with her not playing, or, but it's... It's grown again, and singer we both play, and we have a bass player, which helps, and that sort of spurred things on a bit, you know, mm. getting better. And what's your advice to anyone who might be learning to play the ukulele? Uh, uh, whatever tune they have in their head, keep keep the tune in your head. Don't, you can read music as much as you like, but 
whatever tune you want to play, keep that in your head. You know, whistle it or hum it or whatever, but keep the tune because the tune itself is the is your guide to the to uh, to whatever you're playing. You see? If you if you don't know the tune and you got all the music in front of you, there's not much. It's it's dead. There's no no love, and so once you have the tune, and you you know you help yourself, so to speak. It doesn't matter if you make a mistake. It could be a good mistake that it helps actually helps the the tune. But uh, yeah, that's what I suggest. Right. See the, the three chords. People talk about three chords, but and, and the other chords will look different. But basically, if you have say a, a C in a full full chord, instead of changing to another chord, a different shape, you can move that first one up the up the fretboard to two, three, four. That gives you a little bit of a of of a sound as well. Mm. You know, it probably not don't match the uh, but it's but there again, you know, it, it's it, it helps. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying that it's that it's good. So you have to actually feel it, basically. You know, mm. that's what I'm saying. Keep your keep the tune in your head. Mm. How would you say the UFO has sort of shaped your life? Well, it's been good. You know, you know, when I was young, I had lots and lots and lots of friends, and they sort of come together and have a jam and. So that makes it sort of interesting. Also, this now it's just a, uh, another sort of outlet to to uh, make make uh, make music. But when when you're young and, and everyone is interested, even though they can't play, they drum or play harmonica. But it's being together and making something. You know, like everybody making a cake, you make. <laughs> A tune. I wouldn't know if the tune is in tune, but you know the the the, the fun is there, the yeah. enjoyment of being together and making making yeah. making music. Can you imagine your life without music? Oh no 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 no, I'd be dead. No no, music is all. My my whole life has been music. I must tell you the story. Uh, hmm? Back in the uh, in the uh, in the war years, that's in four. 40s, 42, 43. We're still collecting the old uh, 78s, and I bought a a record. Pardon, uh, I forgot what it's called. But this bloke's name was Mario Oyan Guren. He was a Mexican player, and he could play that. It's all classical, but uh, Spanish classical. Mm-hmm. When I was in Mexico. I thought I'll, I'll get some more of his stuff, but uh, unfortunately, in all his love, he only made <laughs> the one, just one, the one record, the one that, that I had. Wow! Yeah, oh, young Guren, beautiful stuff. Yeah. Mm. Really Spanish. Yeah. Mm. And what do you think of this kind of current ukulele explosion that we've seen since uh, not the much. 2000s? No, no, it becomes a. Um, an outlet for uh, coming together, mm. not to not to play. If they're more serious, it'd be much much. Uh, they can still talk about the kids or cars or whatever, but you know the main thing is to be able to play a tune and improve on it. Make make it sort of let everyone have a go. Don't sing together. You know you can sing together when the chorus is on, but 
try to be on your own let, let each mm. one get a, a section of, of the tune and then combine it again so mm. the more the more outlets you have the more you, difference you hear the better for yourself mm. yeah. that's good advice for mm. any ukulele groups out there yeah. oh, they all they go up and yeah, thing and they all have to sing in the same thing there's no need for it mm. and mm. even if they uh, well, there's not many men and girl, uh, boy and girl type of thing, but the the, 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 the male could sing a bit lower and the girl up higher. It gets some Just to get some variations. Variations. Mm. That's a, see, Uke hasn't got the, the range of a guitar or a violin or whatever. So you have to live it up a bit mm. by, by putting in something else, voice or different ukes in. Not plagiarism, but make it, make it sort of create it, make yeah. make it your own. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah. Mm. How does it feel to be regarded as sort of the elder statesman of Australian ukulele? I, I really don't worry me at all. <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from it, you know. <laughs> but uh, oh, look, I don't want to be uh, just because I'm old and I think, oh, well, there's a novelty and all that. But that, that's not. That's because you're good, though. That's the key. Oh, I don't know if I'm good or not, you know. But well, well, uh, we, we think you are here at Camute. Oh well, well, I'm I'm pleased to hear that. But if they listen closely, that they know that I make thousands of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said before, good mistakes. Yeah, but That's the you know, you you gotta hide it, so to speak. You know, <laughs> and, and, uh, and that comes with experience. Yeah, but experience, you know, <laughs> and and especially when like. Like I said, if you play jazz and you don't know that that a part and say the, the the bridge of a particular number, you play something else and people wouldn't have a clue. See? <laughs> you have to have the the knowledge of a professional that knows the particular tune that you play. That can actually say you're wrong, but he's going to say that. You know, he's, he's claps his hand and that's it. See? So don't be worried about you know, being good and all that. It's nice to be good, but it's it's not really that important. The main thing is that you enjoy yourself. And talking about tuning and all that, there was, this happened at Petersham. There was a woman that for some reason lost her music for the happy birthday. The happy birth birthday person had to come up on the stage and as soon as she's in Everyone can see it. They're all singing "Happy Birthday," but apparently she lost the the music, and she was really, really upset. And she panicked because she couldn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, I would sing as loud as I could if I couldn't remember the chords and all. That. But <clears throat> you know, there, there's something. There's no point getting stressed you, out about it. Nah, you, no, you you got to take it very light hardly. You know, don't. If if you're too serious, you you stay serious, and maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But I feel you should have a laugh in between. You know, if someone makes a mistake. Did Did your wife ever play, or was she interested? No, or? no, she uh, she tried to, mm -hmm. but uh, was she a musical person? No, she or? she sang. She's a singer. It wasn't oh, singer, okay. You know. Yeah, she won a few prizes singing and all that. So that part worked out all right. She can say, look, let's play so-and-so. And she 
she could make up the uh, the different chords and different rhythms. But uh, like I said, you you've got to have a variety. But you got to was the same, like the same. Mm, mm. And <clears throat> did you did you woo your wife with the ukulele like you did nah. the girl at school? No, <laughs> no it was only <laughs> once, <laughs> once there. Yeah. No, that's funny when you said, "What what are you singing that stupid?" <laughs> and I, I didn't know that. But it got her attention. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just, just I could see it. You know, the, my, my room was actually high, so boarding, boarding house we were in, three of us, and these people live on that side, so I can sit over the fence. So as soon as you sort of hang washing on the line or something, I could see it, and I said, da 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 dee da da, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're thinking of making a. A CD, and uh, the second song should be that one. Sweet Sue. Yeah. Well, it's only yeah. appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that song. But, the, you know, with the war breaking out and everything is mm. falling apart. Didn't help. Yeah. My, I, it I ruined never, a lot of things. I never see my parents again. They were killed and uh, beheaded. So, uh, very sad, but, it, you know, it's, destiny is that way, you know. You, you can't sort of uh, predict anything. Was your mother also a teacher? No, no, no. She was just a housewife. She could cook. Yeah, right. <laughs> cook well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's whatever terrible. happened, I've been I've been trying to get in touch with the uh, the war war team war memorial in in Holland, but uh, they don't know anything, and I don't know if they want to talk about it or don't know at all. You know. Mm. So you uh, think they would know something? I mean, no, well, no. what part of Holland? Did they come from? Oh, well, no, we all born in Indonesia. All born in all, Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. Right. we've been there for a long, long time. Right. Yeah, no, my, Going back a few generations. Yeah, my grandfather was in the uh, railways. He uh, okay. developed a different... But they were originally sick, Dutch, sick, so they oh, came yeah, over. Yeah, came over, yeah. Yeah, yeah so no, the old, old ones are very well, all from Germany. So. Right. See, Germany was on top of the world, so to speak, with, with teachings. And my uncle was a... Uh, a chef, and uh, my father was a, uh, an engineer, a super engineer, what they call him, a master engineer. But uh, yeah, no, they so the family uh, moved from Germany oh, to Holland, yeah, and, yeah, then the Holland to, yeah, and then and to and so Indonesia. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, most of them are all in Holland, and the rest is all in America. Right. America's got oh maybe twenty, twenty-five old Altons. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all. all uh, so, yeah, See, some of them are played to you, you play guitar and all that, but mm. it's never been the same as, you know, in my days. Like I said, you know, you come into someone's place and there's a uke or a guitar or a violin, mm. mandolin. Oh, let's have a thing. See, there's no TV, there is, you mm. know, a bit of music and all that. So being being together and making music was the, was the thing. Mm. So, mm. so mm. that's the, the part of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah now Richard had the, the Limehouse Blues uh, oh, yes. thing. Yeah. Pity I don't have any of his pictures. Actually, like I said, I only saw about two or three days in, in my whole life. Wow. You know, I spent most of the time on the on the ships. He yeah. was a bodybuilder. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, and he loved fighting. Oh. Far big, you know. When he was young, when he was a so kid, he, he was sort of, uh, you know, bullied and all that. And, yeah. and he said, "I'll get you, bastards, you bastards." 
he uh, he had he said he had a fight in in Melbourne with a Norwegian sailor. Mm. I don't know what about, but uh, they fought for about four days. They had a fight and then reached home and had dinner and, and come said, back. I'll see them tomorrow. You bugger! Ha! He won. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, the best thing was actually uh, they got torpedoed by the by German uh, U-boat. And it was an English destroyer came alongside and I said, "Look, only take whatever you, what you need, you know, clothes or a photograph and all that." Mm. So they all got aboard except Richard. And you're right there. Yeah, I'm coming. All his weights. <laughs> Weighing him down. Play, yeah. yeah, right. All his weights and whatever gadgets he's got there. Oh, wow. Captain just shook his head. Said, "What's this?" How is this black doing? <laughs> yeah, this, this, and and I think you, you get so overconfident that you you know you start showing your, your arms or start fighting, and everyone mm. just shut up. <laughs> I think that that's a, a good way of doing things. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, yeah, the my is is blown up in uh, in Venezuela after the war with. Petrol, not petrol, but oil and things and oh. KGB and all that. Right. And I think he worked for well, the oil. Yeah, and I worked for the, uh, what's it called, CIA mm. for a while. I don't know if it's short, not I heard her. But um, yeah, they blew him up. And uh, I used to hospital for you know, a couple of years, two or three years. But mm. what actually killed him was the drugs. From the hospital, actually. Yeah, right. to, to fix his veins and all that. So yeah. the drugs that killed him. Gosh, yeah, terrible. And uh, but he was well, very active, you know. He loved snakes. Oh, snakes! He loved it. He'd go everywhere just to find a snake. If someone said, "Oh, there's a python over there," he said, "Well, don't touch it. Don't touch it. I'll come over." He loved snakes. Doesn't know. I like snakes. And I believe when when uh, when when he's about seventeen or eighteen, see, we had servants for a bit of cook and. Thing and I said, a girl that made the rooms, but she complained to my mother. I said, I don't want to make Richard's room. Oh, what's that? It's too many snakes. <laughs> too many snakes. So uh, yeah. my mother writes Richard said, You better get rid of it. I'm not going to get rid of my snake. So, we have to so clean your own room. We, we went. You left. left. You left. Yeah, left it. But all the snake, you Too find it from the room, and that's <laughs> it. Wow. God. Yeah. yeah. You say you came to Australia in 1950. So, yeah, in so were you uh, sort of an unaccompanied minor as a refugee? or No, no. Oh, you, you have no idea how difficult it was to come to. This is the white... white uh, well, at this point, did you know, you, you, you knew your parents had been killed? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they, they finished. No, I, I, uh, I was, when I was at school, uh, high school, mm. and... Uh, and you know you didn't actually know what to do with yourself and I said oh well let's go to high school and keep studying my father wanted me to be a master engineer too god you've got no idea how that is all this bloody sums and all that and I'm really really suffering you know you're you're a musician not a mathematician yeah yeah. and then one day uh, a a scout music scout came over at the school and he said is your child I said yeah by the name, my, my name is Carol, not Charles, but I, I had that changed. 
Anyway, he said, I believe you can draw. I said, oh, you know. And he said, what about a job for us? I said, yeah, what, what is it? I thought, a freelance job. He said, no, I want a real job. I said, oh, you mean as an artist? I said, yeah. So I went to Jakarta, and I had to in the studio. And within a day, because they say five days, you know, you can stay there and look around and all the first day, I said, yeah, I'll let this job straight away, you know, which, which is good. You know, I worked there for a couple of years, two or three years. But then I wanted to see more of the world, you know. And, uh, but the, uh, that policy, the white, what's, what's it called? White, Whites only yeah, policy. Yeah, it was right. very, very hard, especially when you're born in Indonesia, you know. And I said, look, I can't help it, you know. The, mm. the stars, and, you see... Indonesia is actually all Dutch, mm. Dutch occupied, you know, it's all the islands and all that. What do you do with all these people? Anyway, they, they put me through, but, um, you know, and I never look back. I think it was fantastic. Why don't we play a song? Yeah, I think it would be a great idea. Okay, a little bit of five foot two. No, no, no. As I'm sure you can tell, Charles and I had a lot of fun together. It really is a privilege to know him. If you're enjoying ukulele stories, please rate the podcast and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, keep on strumming!